everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey everybody, I'm excited about today's episode because we get to finally discuss demon living arrangements. <laughs> where do they like to live? Uh, how do Where do they like to travel? Uh, what do they do with their friends? Where do they invite them? It's kind of odd. There's this parable that Jesus is going to talk about. Um, We're looking in Matthew 12, starting in verse 22 and ending at the end of the at the end of the chapter. So the actual reading is not very long. And as always, go and read it for yourself or stick around to listen to us read it because it's more important that you listen to God's words than our words. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) So there's a lot of actually like a lot of talk about demonic things, like in a couple of the paragraphs of this chapter that we're going to read. Uh, one specifically is this short little, what is it? Like three verses from 43 to 45 of chapter 12. And I have read this many times in the past and it was so confusing to me then. Just like, I don't even know what they're trying to say here. I was equally confused today when we read it. And then as Ryan was talking through these, um, like housing arrangements for demons, <laughs> It actually, like, it made a lot more sense because I recently heard a pastor say that, like, you can, before, like, before he knew Christ, there were a lot of times where he would just, like, he would commit to doing better in certain areas of Mm -hmm. his life. And you, like, Mm -hmm. clear out the space. You're like, yep, I'm going to do great. I'm going to do so awesome. And then, like, sin would find him. Like, his choice sins would, like, find him. And he would often give into it, like sometimes intentionally or sometimes completely unintentionally and be like, oh, shoot, I definitely just did it again. And I'm no better off than I was the first time. Then it's like, okay, nope, I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better until you finally walk with the Lord. And you're like, no, I am deciding to change my life. I'm deciding to live differently. And the spirit dwells within you. And sometimes those things do come and they still find you. Uh, But it's easier to be like, nope this is wrong. I know it's wrong. I'm going to move on. And eventually that's like easier and easier and easier. Exactly. It's all about who you serve. Like if you, if your faith exists to serve yourself, you will always be disappointed because at the end of the day, your God is still yourself. Mm -hmm. But if your faith is in Christ and you exist to serve him and be obedient to him, ultimately your allegiance, your faith, uh, your actions are all determined by him. And you're trying to do what he wants to do, and that's what matters. So there's actually this idea out there. This is this maybe it sounds like a sidetrack, but I promise it's not. Um, there's this idea out there. It's called therapeutic moral deism. Basically, it's a bunch of fancy words that mean you make God kind of like you being better. So the therapeutic part is like God exists to like help you understand your life better. Uh, moral is that you're just trying to make better decisions and better choices. And the deism is like, you just kind of slap God on top of that. So it's still all about you and it's all about making better choices, making healthier choices, making better moral decisions. But at the end of the day, uh, your God is still you and you've never actually committed your life to Christ. You've never actually given up your life to serve the Lord. You just exist to serve you. And it kind of has this nice, godly spin that feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking specifically about verses 44 uh, to 45. And this is a parable, 43 to 45, sorry. This is a parable. It's not a true story about a demon that lives in this guy. Um, and the demon, I guess, goes on a short journey 
somewhere else, out to a dry place where there's no water, because apparently that's they thought that was like more demony. Uh, that's apparently where like demon Disneyland or something. Well, it says a waterless place. Yes, because deserts were thought of as lacking the blessings of God that came with rainfall and plentiful crops. And so when the demon leaves, uh, this person that was possessed by the demon has a, a real significant opportunity to change their lives. And so they use the opportunity to clean the house. They get things in order. That's the moral part. They start making better choices. They start making safer decisions and things look clean. It says, and when it uh, when it comes, the, the, the demon said, I'm going to go back. So when they go back, they find the house uh, empty, swept, and put in order. The key word here is empty. So everything is cleaner, but there's n- no one dwelling in the house. The Holy Spirit is it's not residing there. It's still empty. There's yeah. still nothing there. And so the demon gets, what, like six or seven of his friends, and then they just like completely possess this person. Mm-hmm. So the way this looks in real life is somebody is like sort of into religion, sort of into faith, sort of into Jesus, but not completely sold out and not completely committed. And so you start to make some good decisions, but it's it's all for naught. Like eventually Satan still has his way. The demons still come in. Mm-hmm. You still are against Jesus, because you've never been sold out to him. You've never committed to him. It makes me think of the um, the church in Revelation that's neither hot nor cold. Oh, yeah. And so they get spit out. Like, this is this is Jesus saying, and, and keep in mind the context. Like, Jesus is talking about how yesterday we talked about how these cities uh, will be worse off than Sodom because they're so yeah. wicked. And so here, earlier than this, he's talking about how the Pharisees and the, the scribes and the people, like, they just wanted signs. So show us a sign and then we'll believe you. And he's like, no, <laughs> like, I've already called you to repentance. Like, they're they're continually saying, like, oh, do this and then maybe I'll believe. Do this and maybe I'll believe. But the, the reality is they're never going to believe because they're against believing. And so what Jesus is trying to, the case Jesus is trying to make with this little demon story is it's really important that you allow the Holy Spirit to dwell in your life and in your heart so that your house is clean, it is in order, and it is full. I was like, going to say it's The Holy also, Spirit dwells in you, and there's no room for anything else. It's almost like I have this picture in my mind of, like, the space being taken up by the Holy Spirit and, like, as a protection. Like, it protects and guards your mind 100%. against sin and evil. And, like, when that evil tries to come in, like... Nope, you can stop right there. There's no room. You can go somewhere else because this person is like in line, in check with the Holy Spirit. And that to me is just super cool. It's like this like cool nest protection system. <laughs> <laughs> nest protect 2.0. Yeah. Um, if you look at context, verses 38 uh, through like 42 is all about Jesus condemning this wicked generation, saying the only sign you're going to get is the sign of Jonah. What's the sign of Jonah? Jonah goes into the belly of the whale for three days. He comes out of the belly of the whale. He calls people to repentance. Like the sign of Jonah is a call to repentance. And so Jesus is calling people to repentance. He'll be under the ground and appearing to be dead for three days. He'll rise from the the grave. That's the sign they're going to get. But he's calling them saying like, you're wicked. Then he tells this parable that is, you need to be full of what is right. Like you don't want to be clean, but still empty. You want to be clean and full of the Holy Spirit. Then what comes after that is Jesus' mother's mother and mother's mother and brother, <laughs> brothers. My goodness, um, try to they they really are trying to get Jesus to be a little bit less embarrassing. 
and they're like, Hey Jesus, can you come speak to us please? And Jesus says, Oh, my, my mother and my brothers are the people that do the will of my father in heaven. So he starts out with condemning people that are against him. He tells this story about the empty clean house full of demons. And then he ends by talking about my real family is the family that does the will of my father that adopts the will of my father. So it is like, it's a little bit easier to understand, I think, uh, in context. Hopefully I haven't made you even more confused. <laughs> no, it actually does really help. I think just putting the Holy Spirit in that perspective is really cool because, I don't know, it just helps against those things. Because, I don't know, demon demonic stuff is freaking scary to me. Well, this is and a parable. It's not real. I know, but it also is like real life too. Like... I definitely believe there are like active participants oh, sure. in like all kinds of evil and temptations all the time. And there are definite parts within me that are like often like, nope, Jenny, you have to back away. You have to go like you have to like cling to me because this is not right. This is not good. Like even in my own like frustrations day to day. Seriously. Go to Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit work in those yeah. frustrations. Yeah. Um, so I think that your part for today is to ensure that you are fully committed to Christ, like ensure that you are full of the Holy Spirit, that your obedience to Jesus not only makes you part of his family, but also guards you from spiritual nonsense. It guards you from, from demons. The point that Jesus was making is like, ultimately this, this generation that was calling out against him, it's like, Hey, like you're going to act like I'm cool for a little bit and then you're going to turn away from me anyway. Mm -hmm. And so when we're really committed to Christ, when we're um, reading the word, when we're praying to God, when we're in fellowship with other believers, when we're really serious yeah. about the faith that we have, um, we're not going to be drawn away into nonsense. We're not going to fall into this kind of situation um, where we're released from sin, but excited to fall back into sin because we're really, really, truly released from sin. We don't live a life of sin. We live a, a life of righteousness and salvation. And so know your identity as a follower of Jesus. Know that you are protected from actual demons. Um, <laughs> Jesus is always more powerful than the powerful of the wicked. And so we can have faith and trust in that. But also we can have uh, faith and trust in the fact that uh, our house is not empty. It is full of the Holy Spirit. And because it's full of the Holy Spirit, we are committed to Christ. So we'll be back again tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll be jumping into Matthew 13 and also Luke 8. So we'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing. Uh, if you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word. And your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. Matthew chapter 12, verse 22. Then a demon-oppressed man who was blind and mute was brought to him, and he healed him, so that the man spoke and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Can this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, It is only Beelzebul, the prince of demons, that this man casts out demons. Knowing their thoughts, he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. 
Or how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then indeed he may plunder his house. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Therefore I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him, saying, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. But he answered them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, something greater than Solomon is here. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest, but finds none. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. So also will it be with this evil generation. While he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand towards his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.